Hello lovelies, uh, it's Editing Soph here. I'm just popping in to let you know that we will be taking another break after this episode just to figure out where we want to go with the podcast and if we want to continue. But this was uh, a really fun one, so I hope you enjoy. And welcome to Into the Thick of It, the podcast where we discuss and dissect the ins and outs of reading and writing Harry Potter fanfiction and the world of fandom. I'm Soph. I'm Eric. And I'm Carrie. And we're back! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. (laughs) We're back. We abandoned you. Yeah, we took a summer holiday. Um, An impromptu, unannounced summer holiday. We're mysterious. We keep you on edge. You never know when we're going to pop up. Um, But we're back and we are doing an excellent episode on the writing process and the different ways that people approach writing fan fiction. And we have two uh, lovely guests, one of which is the amazing Nat. Hi! And the other is the lovely Mott. Hello! I love how Nat got amazing and... (laughs) Well, I can't use. (laughs) Amazing and lovely are phenomenal compliments. They are. They're both great. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I can't use amazing twice. That just makes it seem disingenuous. Fine. I had to come up with another word. Okay, we're gonna start this episode off with a game of Would You Rather, uh, Marauders Fanfic Edition. Nat, would you rather never write another Marauders fanfic again, or only be able to write canon-compliant Marauder fanfics, including the major character deaths? Oh my gosh, I think I would rather never write another fanfiction ever again. I think I would be very happy to sit, read, enjoy. I find (laughs) canon so daunting and so intimidating, and I also hate writing James dying. I simply can't do it i can't bring myself to do it yeah i'm gonna say but regulus is fine no regulus is fine (laughs) (laughs) everyone else is not is not like yeah i think no i think i would rather never write see i don't mind killing them myself i just don't want to read other people killing them. no i'm the exact opposite (laughs) like I'm the exact opposite. Come I will on, read James guys. Dying and every <laughs> other author's interpretation, every iteration of canon. I will read it, ball my eyes out. Can I write it? No. Can't do it. Ma, Ma do you have a different answer? Uh, yeah, I would do both. You <laughs> No. Um, my answer is that I would only write canon-compliant Marauders fanfic. Yeah. Have you ever written a canon-compliant one? Like, even a small one? No, don't talk to me. So <laughs> 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 Okay. <laughs> I mean, the closest that I've gotten is I have killed Sirius. That's it. I mean, I, I do feel like at some point, or like the Marauders fandom kind of has to go through waves. Like, we had a wave of like canon compliant fix. And so now, like, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with writing canon, but I'm sort of bored of it. Like, we've, we've seen that. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You, you kind of get to the stage where like you want to look at it from a different lens. And once those stories have been told in like a, way that you're satisfied with it's like well i don't need to write it now like i read i read choices that was fine i don't need to write it <laughs> i was sad enough 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly don't know what the hell I would do because my fix are all just so fucking weird. Like I have a Doctor Who Marauders idea. I have like where there are gods and immortals and like fighting dragons and also pirates. Nothing. I, I can't. I this question is truly the matrix to me. Like red blue red pill, blue pill, either way you gotta make a decision <laughs> and it's gonna be bad. Carrie, I don't think, like, you haven't written canon compliant, have you? Uh, well, are you asking me the question, or are you just asking me if I write canon compliant? I mean, listen, you can answer the question, you cannot answer the question. <laughs> this is a... It's a free Choose podcast. your own adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I would probably rather write than not write, even if it hurts me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what else I'd do with canon. Like, I'd want to tell a different story. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Barty's been Barty's been calling to me recently. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, Eric. Tag me in everything that you ever write ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eric. Sorry, this is for this is not for you. <laughs> no, no, this not. is not your content. This is not my content. <laughs> me and not just like came alive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Okay, Mott. Would you rather be forced to write fan fiction for Snilly or Snedigrew? Listen, nobody else had to, nobody else knows what I said to you before we started recording this. This is a mean question. Um, I would write Snilly, which is gonna get me like I don't know, maybe black blacklisted. Um, I, but there's like there's I can't. Potential. I forced you to answer you this. <laughs> um i think that there's like real potential there for like not angst just like a real dark looking fic you know like there's potential i can see it i see it when like the snape stands want to like talk about it and stuff and they're valid for that um but i i don't see snitty group that's maybe just me but i there's some real canon evidence to go on with Stilly, so that's why. For the if I mean, I have three vows made of wine spoilers and uh, three vows made of wine readers. One of them is here, um, and people are going to be really shocked that Snilly is actually in vows made of wine as like a previous relationship, um, and I'm not tagging it because I don't want people to find it through that tag. Like, absolutely not. I'm just going to put a disclaimer. Yeah. Don't bring the snakes, <laughs> snake stands to your, no, <laughs> to your work. No, but yeah, I feel like Snilly is just so, it's such an interesting way to explore like toxic. Such a horrible shit like, name, by Abusive, the way. toxic <laughs> they're relationships. They're both horrible. <laughs> like they're both horrible options, but I don't know. I feel like if you want to like put Lily through the horrors. <laughs> the horrors. <laughs> Um, listen, I'm going Snedigrew because I think that they deserve each other, and I actually can't see Lily, like, I, I, them as, like, children growing up, like, totally see them having crushes on each other, whatever, but, like, Lily's not James Potter, like, I just don't see her putting up with that bullshit, like, she's not that, like, I'll be with you, I'll love you no matter what kind of person. It's like, no, like, I need you to get it together. Like, mm -hmm. and if you can't get it together, I have other shit to do. I, I can't. I'm not going to baby you. I'm not your mom. I'm not here to make you a better person. Your character arc is not the per point of my whole life. Like, I got to go. <laughs> Fuck yeah, she is. Fuck yeah. That was such a James roast. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but that's... Who 
he is. That's why Jegulus works, despite everybody who's always like, it doesn't. Use me, use me as a dish rag, throw me around. I'll I'll love you anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will be here for you until like it's act like it's physically impossible for me to not be here for you. But I just like Lily, I'm just like, I just don't see that for her. You're absolutely right. But I still get I get comments on choices with people being angry at me because I hint at Lily having had feelings for Snape in the past. And they're always like, no, she didn't. Okay, well, in this universe, they did actually, so shut up. Like, Personally, I think that yeah, it's valid. Exactly. Like, I'm like, you know? Have you talked to her? Like, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> God. Did Lily uh, tell you that herself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, did she DM you? Is like, Lily in the room with us right now? She's like, actually, so has no idea what she's <laughs> Just, like, tweets at me. <laughs> Nat, are you team Snowy or team Snatty Gru? Am I really on my own out here? <laughs> no, Eric was with you. I was oh. with you. Bro. That's right. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I think I'm team Snedigrew as well. I don't know. I think it would be kind of fun. Whatever. I do agree with stuff. I think they kind of deserve each other. I could see it work a little bit with them. I don't think that Lily would put up with him forever. But it could be fun, actually. Like, I could see Snilly, but then writing them not endgame, too. I, I'm kind of, like, yeah. ambivalent. Yeah. I that, that's so. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what Eric was saying. <laughs> yeah, Ma, I feel like you're going for more of a, like, you're, you're not, you wouldn't be writing a love story, would you? No, like, no, no, yeah. Like a, bit, <laughs> a bit more messed up than that. <laughs> He's still bad. <laughs> mm. And she's yeah. still <laughs> annoyed with him. It's just, I don't know. There's a tug and pull there. I can sense it. Snape stands... This is not a safe place. Please leave me alone. This is not. This is, do not interact. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I can't, I can't find a way to make Snape and Peter like angsty. No, like you're right. So if they kind of do deserve each other, they're just like, all right. I guess they'd be happy. Like, I, you know, I'm not even happy. I think like Nat, Nat was right. Like it would be fun somehow. Like it would be like. <laughs> yeah. A little rom-com. Like a crack thing. Yes. Like something weird and Does dumb. Regulus and Peter have a ship name? Yes, they do. It's Petty Black. I came up with it. Um, I've had many conversations <laughs> with Yaz about this. I'm coining it. I've copyrighted it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Petty Black is a good name, though. There are versions of Peter where I think that Regulus and Peter, like especially in with being spies, I feel like there's something you can do that's fucked up there. Like if Regulus is spying for the order, and then Peter is like a traitor to the order, like there you can do some, you can do something with that. There's there's some tension okay. there, and some. I guess you could say the same thing for like Snetty Grew also, because and then I don't know, throw in some added flair that Snape's just not over Lily. There's some <laughs> cursed shit that you could do with this fandom that nobody does, or maybe they do, and I just never eke it out. Eric, would you rather save James or Remus in canon? James, because um, here's the thing. Remus wants to die a little bit. Like, I think that if he met <laughs> he his He has fate, a child! Yeah, and? <laughs> yeah, a child he doesn't want, though. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, James like, has a child he does want. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, James, it's just, like, when he dies, I feel like you you rid, I don't know, there's... there's like, you can't really tell further story when James dies. Like, that's, like, feels like a big ending. You can't tell an entire seven-book series after James <laughs> dies. You can't do it. <laughs> we're, we're, not, we're talking about air. Nothing. We have nothing to go on. 
no, I agree with Erica 100%. Don't do this. Yeah, so Nat right. and me, we get it. Listen, when James, <laughs> when James dies, it's just like, I don't find it fun. Like, I don't really like the Harry Potter books. I think the Harry Potter books would have been so much more fun if James and Lily were still alive. Throw them in a bin. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, the thing about Remus dying is like, I could, I mean, like, there's just so much you can do with James being a survivor, I think. And like, Remus, if he, like, when he's a survivor, like, I don't find, like, so many people have done that. Like, he's survived the war. There are millions of fakes of him, like, post- war but like james like the idea of james grieving his friends is just like absolutely just tempting to me i love but it but does he grieve his friends because if james doesn't die then sirius doesn't go to jail and then like what happens then everybody is safe and happy and alive and james potter lives forever okay miss main character yeah Dad. that sounds boring as shit but in this, in this world remus dies and they all have to like imagine james is serious without Remus, like that is well, well, James and to me. if James and Lily survive, then like this doesn't. Happen. Remus dies in the werewolves, sent on the werewolves missions. But then it is sadder that Remus dies because Remus doesn't want to die in that. Then universe. exactly because he has everything. I'm abstaining from this question. Uh, we're overthinking this. I'm saving James because I like him more. Uh, I have to agree with <laughs> Carrie. I'm saving James because I like him more as well. <laughs> Sorry, Remus. I'm saving. He's not offended by us liking. I'm going to save Remus because I actually think it's better for the plot. (laughs) I hope so. Like, (laughs) so in my corner. I'm too emotional. I'm too emotionally attached. I have to save James. I love. I see. Yeah. Like I. I love James, and that's why I like it when he suffers. (laughs) (laughs) He hurts the most. Yeah. That's why it sucks when he survives. Exactly. The most. No. It's so much better when he dies. <laughs> Would you rather write McGonagall times Snape smut or Dumbledore times Arthur Weasley smut? Dumbledore times Arthur Weasley. Yes. Done. Correct. McGonagall deserves better than that. <laughs> Dumbledore does not. Arthur Weasley deserves better, but it's it's fine. He'd have an okay time. <laughs> He'd have an okay time. <laughs> He'd be fine. He'd go home to his wife and his children and be like, I have seen things. Terrible things. <laughs> you don't know what he keeps under that beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think everybody should answer the Time Turner Animagus one just because it's fun. Yeah. Would you rather have a Time Turner or be an Animagus? Animagus. Animagus. Yeah. I, I don't understand how Time Terminus work. I don't want to deal with it. You can't change anything. No, I want to be an Animagus. Yeah, but what if I just want to go back in time, like all the way back in time, and just like hang out in the past? Can you do that? Or you can't think- not. You have to like turn it like. 17,000 times. No, I want a time turner. I want a time turner so bad I would go back to the One Direction Take Me Home tour. One Natalie would be in her house. The other Natalie would be front row at a One Direction concert. Miss OTRTBS, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. (laughs) But you'd still be, you're still like a physical form in the past. So how would you get in? Like you'd need a ticket because they can see you still. Well, yeah, but like once I'm in the past, can't just pass Nat, take a time turner, go to the One Direction concert, like buy a ticket in the past you can't go in the past in the past yes you can who says jk rowling doesn't know hold up no no i'm confused i want a time turner so that i can go to the one direction take me home concert i don't know how the logistics work but i would make it happen i feel like that's doable yeah like i think you can do that i think everything in my life would be fixed somehow i don't know where it went wrong but i feel like one direction take me home would start it (laughs) 
Her life's wrong, so she's here with us. (laughs) (laughs) Things have gone real downhill. I just want to be a little animal running through the woods, and I could nap under a tree. Imagine being able to sleep the way a cat sleeps. I just think that that would be the most fun thing. You don't get to choose your animagus, Mm -mm, right? No. No. Could you be like a... Uh, an inanimate object. What? No. So, but but I'm just wondering, like, no. is that possible? Like, no. does it have to be an animal? Yes. But can you imagine if your animagus was like a teacup? Beauty the Beast up in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just Lumiere, like. After we do this, we should do like a quiz to find out everybody's yeah. like animagus after we're done recording. I want to know. I hope soap can be a stapler so that I can just staple <laughs> everything. But then like, what happens when I turn back into me? Like, do your staples become <laughs> me? Yes. Like, you just left a toenail on Eric's paper. <laughs> Ew. Okay, this is taking a weird turn. Into the thick of it. Into the thick of it. Into the Ugh. How do people get inspiration for their fix? Like, like what makes you? What has in the past like made you sit down and be like, okay, I want to now write this. For me, it's like I don't know. It's it was one of those things where it's like I have a select like series of things that I want, and I have not been able to find it, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it, <laughs> and I'm gonna do it the best. I think. <laughs> Sounds really pompous. Um, But yeah, um, it was just all the things that I was inspired about or all my different hobbies kind of come together. Like it was music and it was not period dramas, but, you know, like set in the 1970s. And I had an interest in like looking at the slang and stuff like that. So and yeah, and I wanted to explore a really angsty story that I didn't have to, you know, reference a spell list for. <laughs> it's like, I, the magic systems is really what, like, is very daunting to me. So kudos to anybody who writes within a magic system. But um, yeah, I was just inspired by the things that um, I wanted that I really wasn't seeing. And then it just, like, snowballs, I think. I... I'm, like, the weirdest writer because I get the most random, like, scene ideas out of nowhere. And I don't know how inspiration works, but, like, I think the only moment of, like, concrete this inspired me to do something was I saw this um, four-and-a-half-minute-long edit of the doctor and the master on TikTok. And I was like, I could write a bomb uh marauders doctor who au which is still in the works um but other than that it's all just been like i'm sitting somewhere and suddenly i'm like what if this entire scene existed and then i write that scene and then the story just continues after that yeah i get that i feel like it is like it's unfortunate but it's always like the stephanie meyer like i just have a vision of like one scene and then i'm like where did that come from like i have to write it she said she had a dream of one scene right of the sparkly vampires with no yeah, fangs. Yeah, like a dumbass scene, too. <laughs> Him stepping through the trees. But it's, like, of his bones. I just had, like, this image of, like, pirate James Potter kneeling in front of, like, Prince <laughs> King Regulus. And, like, I was like, ooh, so I want to write that. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm, <laughs> that stirs something within me. Yes. Um... <laughs> But then, um, 
But, like, Choices was a little bit different because that was, like, that idea for that ship was, like, floating around for whatever that on TikTok. And I was like, yeah, but, like, what if, like, could you actually write that? Like, could, like, could you make that fit in canon? And so, like, that started as more of, like, a problem that I felt was given to me by the (laughs) fandom. Like, not give it, like, I just mean, like, it, like, was, it was a question that I feel like the fandom kind of, like, put out there. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna see if I can answer that. I'm gonna do it. (laughs) I'm gonna do it. And you did. For 600,000 words. Yeah. For me, it's almost always music. (laughs) Is always like almost all of them are songs. So one real. time it was a TikTok. The one I'm obsessed with at the moment that I'm writing is the uh, "We're in Love" by Boy Genius that I just listened to and then went insane. Um, and it's still like my on repeat song for the last few months. It's just always music. I think for me, it's more like Maud said. I get so hyper specific with the things that I want to see in fic, and I'm like, if this doesn't exist, I have to. I have to write it if I want to see it. And for Art Heist. That's what made me want to start writing it is I was like, I need art to be such a central tenet of this fic. I don't want them to just like meet at a museum or for like Remus to be a painter. And then I want him to like go to galleries. I want him to like go to auction houses. I want to be immersed in the art world. And I was like, well, girl, you're being way too specific. Like you have to write it then. So it normally comes from like hyper specific specific didn't you say you literally wrote it because you wanted to read it like i did yeah (laughs) so i was gonna go on vacation in july and i was hunting for the golden fic because i hate flying and i was like and when i'm in the airplane over the ocean i'm going to read this fic and i'm not going to be nervous because i'm going to be so like into this fic when i'm reading it and um yeah it didn't exist i was like i want an art heist au with jegulus and it didn't exist yet and i was like okay well what am i gonna do come july when i have to get on this airplane i'm gonna freak (laughs) out so i was like oh i'll just write it and then i didn't wind up finishing art heist by july which was unfortunate but and i actually didn't even read it on the plane either so (laughs) (laughs) into the thick of it into the thick of it into the thick of it do you guys plan out your fix? Like, how do you plan them out? Do you have a whole outline before you start writing? Or do you kind of, like, figure it out as you go? So with Art Heist, it was a little bit different. I feel like Art Heist is always the exception these days because heists are so pervasive throughout media anyway. Like, they're very common in books, television, movies. So they kind of are a little formulaic. So it was very easy for me to, like, sit out and pre-plan, like, okay, step one collect your team step two like introduce the people like step three make sure that they all know their jobs and assign roles and have them like work it out and then you can kind of go through and weave in like the relationships and when characters like start falling in love and when they start like when they have their first kiss and things like that so that outline looked very different and I also like knew the end of Art Heist before I ever started writing the first chapter so I started like I started writing this beginning and the end simultaneously, which was really cool. Um, but then everything else, I just kind of go into a Google Docs and I do little like bullet points. I'm like, I want this to happen. I want this to happen. I want this to happen next chapter. And then it's a very skeletal kind of thing. That's still so organized and I'm in awe of it. I feel like the idea of a heist is very um, intimidating to me because it's so... It requires you to be kind of clever with your plotting, and I am not. Like, <laughs> I, I am, like, an emotional 
writer, but like I can't. I I feel like it's too much pressure to be like, how are they gonna pull it off? I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> you like walk in to the museum and you take the art. That's right? that's essentially how most art heists go. Actually, like the largest art heist that ever happened, two guys dressed up in police uniforms and they like knocked on the door at night and they're like, hey we're police, let us inside. And then the security men just like let them inside and they tied them up like as cops. They were like, we're cops. And they tied them up and put them in the basement and took the art. So it- That's incredible. Most heist movies are a lot more complex and they're like, oh, we'll hack into the computer mainframe and do all of this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not researching that. I just said that Dorcas did it. I was like, believe me, you have to believe me. (laughs) Ocean's 8 AU coming from Nat this fall. (laughs) Yes. God, honestly, I hardly ever plan anything. And when, like I have done for this fit because it's like longer, but it's everywhere. I've got half of it in my notes app, half of it in my notebook. I've got like voice notes. I was in the supermarket the other day and I started voice noting bits of dialogue and I literally like like you I needed to say James Potter's full name and in place of doing that I was like name I'm not gonna say in the supermarket um and (laughs) hopefully I'll remember that because I was like I'm just not I'm actually not saying this out loud into my phone in the middle of a supermarket (laughs) but yeah it's complete chaos that would be like a great way to make friends if you were like next to me and I was buying (laughs) eggs and you were like James Potter I'd be like hello hi (laughs) (laughs) stop right there (laughs) what's your AO3 name give it to me right now yeah. 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 <laughs> I can't relate. I have fully, I think I voice noted like Nat a couple weeks ago, fully like on a path with other people biking by and like walking by, like step by step things that were going to happen in Vows Made of Wine, um, which is my If We Were Villains AU. Like, I literally 99% of the planning that happens for my fix happens in voice notes that I send to friends. Yeah, I I did that too. And then I lost all of them. How do you keep, you see, how do you keep track? <laughs> no, I don't. I get home and then I listen to them back. And then I, if, if I feel like, okay, yeah, that actually works. I write it on a piece of paper. Yeah, I'm kind of like Carrie. I mean, I don't voice note anything ever, like as a note, like as an, I don't like. I was going to say, notes. you voice note me. <laughs> like I voice note conversations. Sure. Love that. Because then I can just ramble. But, like, I don't voice note, like, my thoughts for later. But I do have them, like, I'll be out on a walk and all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, wait, that was a good idea. And I'll, like, put it in the notes app. Or, like, I have scraps of paper. Like, I'll be reading for school and then all of a sudden I'll have a thought about a fan fiction. And just, like, at the bottom of, like, some piece of paper that's sitting next to me, I'll, like, scribble it out. Um, Or I have notebooks that are around and they'll just be, like, random, like, bits of dialogue all of a sudden in, like, no particular order. (laughs) just like written i'm like a crazy person (laughs) (laughs) writing on the walls (laughs) yeah but like honestly for me personally i am constantly like all of my best ideas come to me while i'm driving (laughs) so so um if you're a police officer please don't listen to this but i definitely just will hold my phone up (laughs) to my mouth and like talk into it um except I don't find that as useful because unlike Eric, I hate listening to them back. I'm always like, oh, like, I don't know. It makes me cringe. But I am a sticky noter. I That's how I do it because I love the freedom of being able to stick them onto a flat surface and like move them around. And so if I have a plot point or like a scene that I want, I'll be like, Remus gets pied in the face. I don't know where I'm going to put it, <laughs> but I've got it on a sticky note and I can like move it around. Um, and so... The entirety of Cadence, um, I the planning process was me having it not only written down in a notes app on like or in Google Docs, um, it was me transferring those onto like <laughs> like little sticky notes, and then I would separate them by year, 
um, and then I'd keep them on the inside of my closet. <laughs> and then every time I wrote something or I like, you know, I wrote a chapter or I wrote that scene, I would peel it off. So it's like, I don't know, it's like a, like, it's like a Christmas calendar. <laughs> so it's like a, a reward. I get to like peel it off and see it coming down from the back of my closet. I remember one time, like my dad came in like years ago, at the very beginning and like was like putting something at the top of my closet for me. And he was like, what the hell is this? And I was like, <laughs> don't ever come in my room again. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you are barred. Um, yeah, I really like the planning process. I like, I use all sorts of things um, and I love a good timeline. So yeah, I am a major planner. I think I can do, like I had sticky notes for their choices too, but it was less, again, it was still less thought out than that. It would be like for the chapter I was writing. I used to like have a wall next to where I wrote and I would just like put them up as I thought about them by my head. And then, yeah, there's something about like, you can like rip them off or you can like. So satisfying. Yeah, no, I would have like upwards of like a hundred sticky notes just on the inside of like my closet. I remember Soph's that's like 31st of August, 90 and it just said serious in quotation marks yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> did I say August or I meant October <laughs> whatever we knew what you meant <laughs> but like I can do a timeline not so much in like I can't do years or dates but like a progression of like events that are gonna happen like big events I think that that is the only kind of planning I can really do like I always say like my stories have milestones and so like I'm always trying to it's like the space between the milestones I'm making up as I go along. But I know that I have to hit this point and then this point and then this point and then this point. That's like something that I'm kind of excited for because um, like interesting just the way that you and me do it differently because both of our longest fics were I think Choices is your longest fic, right? As of right now? Yeah. yeah. Both of them are set in a school. For me, though, I was, I mean, I had the added benefit of it being a muggly you. So I had, you know, I got to have fun Christmases where people weren't just getting disowned, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I would like set it up around like literally a calendar and I would be like, okay, well, this is going to have, this has to happen before this Christmas because this has to happen after the Christmas and stuff like that. So like, I just forget about all of that stuff. People will be like, what about their birthdays? I'm like, I don't know. Like, fucking... I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. <laughs> I just yeah you are okay. like I just forget about it and even like uh, yeah like there's something about like I can't my brain does not like dates for some reason like I just can't keep track of any of it I'm like I'm just writing a story I guess it's kind of boring to me I don't know but like that would make sense like I should have charted it out like I should have been like this is a year this is how a year progresses it's just like funny to me how the fandom like yeah they'll, they'll like research they'll be like when's the next full moon ah shit like that doesn't follow what i need it to <laughs> but it's like it, you can write however you want right like obviously if that's the thing that you're interested in is like those fine details and getting it right for sure do it go for it but like i don't like it when that's turned back on me right. like you missed the full moon i don't care like what? <laughs> Why do you Well, care? I feel like you can just assume that the full moon is happening unless it's relevant to the plot, right? Like, like you can just assume that that happens every month. You know that happens unless something goes wrong or, like, it's something that's relevant to the plot. We don't need to see every single one of them. That's so boring. Yeah, but I think it's more like you'll, like, write it. I don't know. Like, you'll write there being a full moon on, like, the middle of August and they'll be like actually in 1978 in August there was no full moon on the 15th the full moon was on the 30th and you're like well 
suspension of disbelief. <laughs> I agree. Like when I do consider, you know, finer details like that, most of the time it's just nobody else is going to notice them other than me. So like, why do I care? And I still do. But like going forward with other fics, I think I have to like move my brain out of that calendar type setting into like a milestone type setting like for the part two of this fic it's gonna have to cover 20 years and the first one covers four so like (laughs) there's got to be some difference in the way that I pass time if not um I will never finish into the thick of it into the thick of it into the thick of it oh Going on, like, the same theme, like, how do you guys write? Like, do you do you finish the whole story at once? Do you write it in order? Do you write it out of order? Like, what's your process? Because, like, I have to write in order. Like, my brain, I can't jump around. If I were to all of a sudden jump, like, three chapters ahead, like, I would feel discombobulating it's almost like I'm reading the story as I'm writing the story so like everything is happening chronologically yeah I'm also with Soph I have to write chronologically you know there's instances where you like have an idea for a dialogue exchange and you write it but by the time I get to that I'm like I actually have a better way of writing it now so it like doesn't matter anyway but yeah as like a planner I know what's gonna happen next but at the same time I I I can't bring myself to write it even when I'm stuck which makes for really slow going but yeah I also need to see it playing chronologically like a movie in my head in order for it to make sense because otherwise I'm like what's the motivation here yeah I totally get that um most stories I do have to write I used to try to not write in chronological order but then it just kind of felt like it was floating and I it that actually like hindered me from being able to continue a story because I had no idea how to get to that scene Um, So now I do like write from start to finish, especially for something like um, Vows Made of Wine, which is like very heavily dependent on like a domino effect, like things happening exactly the way they're supposed to so that this event can occur. Um, I'd say one that's really up in the air is Virtues We Write in Water uh, because it's a continuation of Ghosts of Us. It's kind of like a sequel, kind of like a snippet of life and time the within. Titles. I love, I love my um, They're immortal. They're all so good. I am so <laughs> proud of my immortal Mary McDonald like universe because I just literally have centuries of time. But like that one's really up in the air specifically because like it takes place in this grand universe, but it's also like this snippet. So like if I have other pieces and ideas, I do write them down because like maybe they don't happen in this lifetime, but like that could totally fit somewhere else if it doesn't fit here in like another AU that I could write potentially in the future. I like writing the beginning and the end of things at the same time. And then I'll go chronologically, but then by the time I make it to the end and as I'm like writing the other portions I'll go back to the end chapters and tweak things and change things and it winds up looking vastly different than what I originally started with but I do kind of like having a start and an end goal but I do otherwise have to work very chronologically honestly thick is Fic has made me write chronologically because like when I'm writing my like original fiction I will tend to jump around a lot more like when I get stuck and like that is kind of how my brain works like even when I'm writing essays I will like abandon a paragraph halfway through and move on to the next paragraph if I'm bored and then come back to it um and I find I do that with chapters sometimes like a lot of the time I will 
kind of get stuck and then kind of skip further down to the end of the chapter and it's a really nice feeling when you get to join them up but like if i'm doing that halfway through a book eric i have the same problem as you i can't figure out how to how to get to that scene so it's actually better that i don't do this now i think it's like just a patience thing as well like i want to post things as soon as i've written them so if i'm writing like chapter six and i haven't written chapter two yet i'm gonna have to wait months to post it and it will make me sad yeah well i feel like like i get what nat's saying and like I need, I, like, do need to sort of have an idea of the ending, like, because I need to know what I'm building, like, I need something to, like, look forward to. Like, KYD, like, I have a very clear, like, idea of how that story is gonna end, and, like, I'm excited about it. And so, like, when you're kind of in the trenches of, like, writing that story, it, the fact that you want to get to the ending, I think, is one of the reasons that you, like, don't stop writing it, because you're like, oh, but I want to write that like I want to get to that moment where they like all come together and like everything like climaxes like I've, I've never got to that moment but I am excited for it <laughs> I've staked all of my hopes and dreams on the happy ending tag I'm like okay <laughs> <laughs> okay I'm trusting I trust the process I'm like everyone it's gonna be okay we're all gonna be okay everyone's gonna be happy I think I opened the new chapter at like midnight last night I got like two paragraphs in cried and closed it and went back to <laughs> actually can't do this today i think i also read it at midnight last night and i screamed into my pillow i have to take breaks frequently sometimes so you know (laughs) into the thick of it into the thick of it into the thick of it oh did you guys always intend on posting your stories did you ever like was that always the end goal and like when do you decide to post a story because like Kara, you said like you want to post things as soon as possible like that's me like I'm like as, as soon as it's written I'm just like I want I want to stick it on the fridge and I want everyone to come and tell me they did a good job like I'm like look <laughs> gold stuff I did it <laughs> that's so cute like look at my finger painting <laughs> I always tell myself I'm gonna wait and like until I'm like halfway through and then I can post regularly no no I get one chapter done. I'm too excited. I literally, yeah, I need, I need my gold stars. I need my kudos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, it's really hard. I mean, posting for me kind of takes the, the suspense out of it. So like, I do post a lot of fics as I'm writing them, but those are like my, my low stakes fics, like ones that I'm like, I'm just writing this because, um, I enjoy it. Like, I have a couple fics that, um. They're definitely going to get posted all at once. Like I have a fan fiction called Before I Come Apart. That's like a very heavy, emotional, major character death um, story with Regulus and James that like is is like all of my fears and anxieties kind of like put in a story like played out. And I just can't, I can't have people reading that chapter by chapter and looking forward to the next one. Like that would throw me off so much. So like some things, if they're like more meaningful, I have to post it all at once just because like, I don't know, man, like I don't want you to go on this journey with me. I'm on this journey myself and then you, I'm, I'm going to post it so that it's out there and I don't have to think about it anymore. For me, um, I kind of like Eric. Uh, I, it depends, so far it depends, uh, I, the fic that I wrote most frequent, or most recently was the Brokeback Mountain AU, and I wrote the first chapter and just posted it, because I just wanted to post it for myself, um, but then I got a lot of anxiety, and I was like, this is why I don't do, do these things, um, 
Like when it comes to cadence, I had their entire first year written before I did a single thing with it. And then I had like a nice cushy backlog for most of it where I had like for at one point I had like 40 chapters written ahead of what I was posting. And that was so comforting to be like, if I don't have a very creative week this week, then I don't have to worry about, you know, missing this invisible timeline that I've assigned to myself which is probably also not good for anxiety but yeah I like to post a story especially if it's one a long one I'd like to have like a nice cushy backlog even if I don't get the gold star for a few more months (laughs) I post basically as soon as possible at the beginning of art heist I was like typing directly into the AO3 box and then just clicking submit (laughs) as soon as I like put the last period on the sentence chaotic good and I was like okay crazy (laughs) done done with that um and it works out there was like no typos either like did you read through it no did you read over (laughs) it no I I mean like maybe I, I don't know I don't remember but like not enough that it was like like if I did that I would have like double words I would repeat sentences like I was reading over something I've written today and I'd put the same bit of dialogue twice in the same paragraph I'm so yeah it's so sorry to y'all because I really did I just I, I was very much a fan of posting as soon as it was done and it worked out quite well because it wound up being like in the middle of the night and so well no one was reading it at the beginning anyway which was fine I was like okay new day new me and um but once people started reading it and leaving comments and stuff on my story and I was like oh my gosh people actually care about this then I just started posting between the hours of like midnight to 5 a.m wherever I am so I can immediately just like close my computer and go to bed and walk away for hours and I don't have to look (laughs) at it until I am ready to like reopen the document so that's if I finish a chapter before that time I normally wait to post it until it's like the middle of the night whenever it's my middle of the night it makes me feel more comforted I'm like maybe people are asleep right now nobody's gonna see it post and then I run away so What are the hardest scenes to write? For me, it's anything with action. Like, I hate fight scenes so much because you're, like, constantly, like, you have to describe things enough so that people know what's going on, but, like, not describe things too much that it's, like, boring because nobody wants to hear, like, every movement that somebody is making. But, like, also, I, in general, just, like, find fighting boring. Like, the aftermath of the fighting, sure, interesting, but the, like, actual fighting, like, I'll get stuck. Or, like, Quidditch. Any kind of sports oh, thing, it's like this yeah. same. Writes a sports AU. <laughs> I know, I know. But there's yeah, like. Yeah, the fucking hockey AU. <laughs> for a sports AU, there's very minimal hockey in it. Because, like, what am I going to explain a whole hockey game? Like, how would I even do that? It's like, all right, th- there's this player, and then that player's. Ca- like, because people have to. And there have to be stakes. Like, so you have to make it interesting, and you have to make it clear. Uh, I'm just like, I hate, those scenes will take me years. I love writing fight scenes. Um, totally on the opposite end of the spectrum. I think it's so fun. I can be so dramatic about it and I can like write just like, cause um, virtues we write, oh my God. Virtues we write in water. Um, see, like the second chapter has like this fight scene on a pirate ship and James is fighting with a trident and it's just so fun I'm having a great time it's like I love writing action scenes because it is kind of like this visual dance almost this like visual thing that I kind of get to do and it can be very metaphorical and I don't know there's like so much like 
romance and drama I feel like in a fight scene like that is where I thrive uh, which I'm only learning recently which is a lot of fun it's really boring if there's wands I hate magic fight scenes because you're just like waving a little stick like what is that <laughs> where are the, where are the swords where it doesn't make sense but I find it really hard to write like the mundane shit like how did he open this door how did they get into this room how did they get from home to oh, work? Yeah. Like I, I like writing transition scenes where like they're going somewhere. You can just jump though, right? Yeah, it's knowing how how little do you have to say to communicate that they've moved scenes is the trick. Yeah, and mm -hmm, I'm yeah. not a long form writer. I don't write really long chapters. I really like just like a gut punch and I get out. Like that is kind of how my chapters work. Um, so, but like. When it comes to those minimal things, it's more like I just don't have words for it. Like I don't have the the words for describing this. I have a lot of words, but none of them fit this situation. So I'm learning still those those things. Like in the next uh, in our myths chapter, like James and Regulus are making soup, and I'm like trying to describe this scene where like they have to eat dinner, but they also have to have all these emotional conversations. Like, how do you do that in order? Like, what order does that have to happen in? I was going to say that that's actually my bread and butter. I love breaking up, like, action and mundane everyday life stuff with, like, dialogue. But that's not the question. The question is, uh, what are the hardest scenes to write? <laughs> to sense reassert itself. Um, for me, openings. I hate openings. I hate oh. openings to fix. I hate openings yes. to chapters. I hate them. I hate them with no, like, like nobody's business. And I don't know why they're so difficult, even if it's just so that also hand in hand transitions are a little bit easier because like, so I agree with Soph, it's knowing how little to say when you're transitioning, like, you know, mid chapter, not necessarily after a break, but you know, one paragraph right into another, that could be tricky. But sometimes, yeah, any sort of break where you have to like, reintroduce what the heck you're doing but it kills me it kills me and so that's why I really hate chap like first chapters they suck for me if I could skip any chapter I would sh skip the first chapter I I think beginnings of fix are are brutal because I don't like exposition and like you have to set it up I mean and like so I want to do as little setup as humanly possible and like I want everyone to be immediately invested like I just want to get to the ooey gooey angsty stuff and like mm -hmm. the first chapter you kind of don't like you kind of can't do that because you have to be setting some sort of scene and some sort of foundation and I'm also like why would anyone read this that's how I feel every time I start any story I'm like I wouldn't read this this is so boring I like exposition and intros are still hard and they're hard for me because I'm indecisive if you could easily just be like start with a dialogue like a really like Eric says a straight to the gut like dialogue but then I sit there and I'm like no this story doesn't suit a straight to the gut dialogue line you need to have some sort of exposition that sticks with them and then it just you know you just spiral <laughs> I don't know anymore so yes <laughs> I mean I I think I'm kind of realizing that I find all of it hard now because everything anyone said I've been like yeah totally agree like action there's so many sword fights in the thing I'm writing right now. Hate that. Um, cannot do that. You do it so well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, what did you say? Like the the um, 
boringy bits. Like I, I always just basically end up having, I, I like dialogue, but like, I kind of forget by the second half of my scenes, I just forget that these characters aren't just like floating heads talking to each other. And I think my readers forget that they're not just floating heads talking to each other. And, um, but like also because of that, I feel like my first lines are always good, but then the first couple of paragraphs, I don't know, the first page of anything I'm writing is always like the worst bit. Like if I send it to Soph, the first page comes back completely red, like everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then it kind of like, I kind of warm up as I go along. But yeah, I don't know. I, anything but dialogue, I find really hard. Maybe I just shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> no. Yes, you should. That's not what this podcast is for. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie doesn't come to some realization that the, her hopes and dreams are <laughs> crushed. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of agree with Carrie. I'm like, yeah, it's so true. I hate writing transition scenes. So true. I hate writing action. Anything that actually has to deal with like orienting bodies stresses me out because I'm like, how important is it for you to know where his left foot is right at this moment, and how like just orienting people in a room and like making sure that you know where everybody is and where they're all standing and who they're all talking to. And I'm like, how, how, like, how important is it for you to know the logistics of everything? So that's probably my biggest thing is like orienting bodies, whether that is an action or smut. I just, I'm like, where is his foot? Where, where is his hand? Does it matter? Do you need to know really? Yeah. So That's funny. Cause like, I feel like in your, especially art heist baby, I can always tell exactly where people are. Like, that was just something that visually in my head, like, I was always like, oh, this is exactly what's occurring. Like, I can see, like, when they're in the cars driving, I can see that so well. Like, in the auction, I know exactly where, like, they're sitting. Like, I feel so, like, it's it's a visual in my head, and I can see everything that's happening. Like, I can see Regulus in his crisp suits. Like, it just makes a lot of sense. Okay, thank you. That's actually so kind. <laughs> Because I stress about that so much. I'm like, I need y'all to see what I see in my head. And I don't know how much detail to describe it in before it gets bogged down and boring. So I feel like I get like I get impatient. Like the action is in the dialogue. So I like writing dialogue. But at the same time, the writing that I am the most impressed by is the writing that has really good atmosphere and so I'm always like I wish that I like I want to be better at it but like when I'm writing I'm like ugh, I don't care like I don't care where he's sitting I don't care like he just he's saying this that's the action that's the plot I I get too impatient with the like the room was the color of a pear on a hot spring day (laughs) (laughs) what is the color of a pear on a hot spring day yeah. <laughs> the, the, the room. room. <laughs> the room is. <laughs> okay, should we move on to how do you approach something like a sex scene? <laughs> With a shot of vodka. <laughs> of alcohol. <laughs> Your choice. It's <laughs> so, like, I'm, I mean, I'm queer, but I'm on the, like, the ace sort of on the a spectrum like i have a complicated thing with that but i feel like that's why my approach to sex scenes is kind of like a play like again like it's kind of like they're weird and i feel like i shouldn't be there but also like i am the director of this i don't get emotionally involved i'm just kind of like trying to describe exactly like how these people are feeling about the situation going on and it's it's not it's really easy for me to like remove myself from the situation when I'm writing a sex scene almost like it's not it doesn't feel like I'm writing anything different than the rest of the story for me um I always approach it with this like like weird 
funny feeling like I'm somehow a voyeur, <laughs> which is dumb because like Eric said, the director is not a voyeur, they're the director. Um, but I don't know. It's like some most of the time I'm like, God, like maybe sex scenes are also hard for me to write in that way because I'm like, I just kiss already like I <laughs> like just do it on your own like you go do it and I'll go do something else and we'll just like co- co- like coalesce <laughs> later um but yeah um I approach it steadily and I usually save it as like one of the last scenes in the chapter to write to be honest like I'm just like the momentum like i I don't think that I need to build up the momentum. I know a lot of people feel like they have to like do it all at once so that it feels like, you know, I guess actually having sex is, I guess. Um, I heard a friend say that once. They like that they had to do it all at once and in one sitting. Otherwise, it doesn't feel like it has any flow to them. But for me, it's just like like a robotic sort of act. You're like, they do this one thing and they kind of like how Nat sets up her heists. Like <laughs> you, you start with the touchy, you take the clothes off, you know. I think for me, everything is always about tension and different people have different things that create tension and that's sort of how like I'm always looking for like so what what is the tension in this scene? Like if it would be, like, if the sex is going to be just, like, a fun, good time, I'll probably peace out. Do you know what I mean? Like, it would be, like, they kiss, they take off their shirts, and then, like, we're skipping to the next day. Like, I have something else to do. Um, but if I feel like the sex, if I feel like there's going to be tension in that scene, and, like, I do think that, like, sex is an interesting way to play with character and relationship dynamics in in different ways you can see different things sort of playing out. I think that in choices a lot of those scenes you you really get those scenes the sort of sex scenes developed those characters like you got a better sense of their relationship and and the ways that they sort of can take care of each other. I think in here's looking at you kid also that that might that would have been my most graphic sex scene until um rose killer in of his bones i think that those are now psychos <laughs> but but see it's like different so it's like in here's looking at you kid i do feel like you see in that sex scene their relationship play out the tension in their relationship plays out in the way that that sex scene plays out and it's the same in of his bones you see the tension in rose killer really playing out in the sex scenes between them and so like that's I guess kind of how I approach it a little bit is it like how is this going to expose the stuff that they 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 can't say or whatever that in yeah that's that's <laughs> yeah, but... yes I agree with everything you just said you did an amazing job I love that <laughs> thanks thanks for my gold star <laughs> you got a gold star I have yet to write anything graphic so I cannot say I haven't really done more than make out. And even then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be here. You guys can just do this. In front of my salad. I told them I was going to make that joke again. That was poor timing. In front of my salad is going to be the name of the episode. <laughs> I, feel, I feel a lot like Ma in the sense that it does feel almost like voyeuristic to me. I'm such a, 
everything in my head is so visual. Like everything is a collection of still lifes to me. And I'm like, how am I going to translate the still life that's in my head onto paper so people can see what I'm seeing? Um, and, and that way I'm very much like, I feel like I should not be looking in on something like this, but it does help to kind of take a formulaic approach almost. I'm like, this is what I want to happen. This is how we're going to get here and so on and so forth. And I feel like it's not super prevalent in our eyes because I was like, this is the first time that I'm writing anything. So I'm just going to cut to thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think Soph had it right as well um, when she said that like tension is pretty key because like, like any scene, you still want smut to like progress something. I mean, there's nothing wrong with writing smut for smut's sake. You know, there's entire industries built around that. But like you still want something to have been accomplished or changed by this, you know, act of intimacy. And so in Cadence, um, that's mostly, you know, it's a coming of age story. So it's mostly them like figuring things out and doing um, and like figuring out their bodies and, you know, you know, coming together and seeing how they like each other. Um, and it's very much tame. But then when I wrote The Brobeck Mountain AU, which, you know, the story has, you know, ex explicit enough sex for Hollywood. I was, I had this moment where I was like, I'm doing the same thing as Cadence because they're like coming together. They're like, you know, it's, they're figuring it out, but they're like angry and homophobic. <laughs> um, but they were like men. So it was different. And it was more like, um, there were just different things to accomplish in that scene and the emotions felt different afterwards, which was like, it's like a cool thing to look back on and how like smut is really, even though it's smut and we all like laugh at it and enjoy it and that sort of thing. It's really like a part of the story. Like it progresses things, it changes things. So I also find like the more intimate the moment feels, the more uncomfortable it is to write. Like it's super easy to write Barty and Evan in of his bones because something about it is like not like it's not intimate I don't know how to explain it but they're not bearing the like they're not touching each other's souls you know what I mean like <laughs> like <laughs> there's no like there's, pull, there's no push and pull no like tug back and forth like that sort of thing they're they just... want to murder each other yeah <laughs> or there is a lot of push and pull <laughs> okay. but there's nothing it's like neither of them fight, are being in you know? neither of them are being in any way vulnerable in that in those situations and therefore that makes it like feel it dims the like feeling of being a voyeur versus like those scenes where like this is clearly a very intimate moment between two people is when you're sort of like I this is not my business like I should not be here I'm so sorry guys covers my eyes keeps typing you're in front of their salad now <laughs> <laughs> yes what drew you guys to writing fan fiction over original works? I mean, Carrie, you write fan fiction and original works. Uh, and so do you, actually. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I don't submit them anywhere, so it feels well, less you, legitimate. Well, I have to. <laughs> I have to do that to get my grades. <laughs> but I maybe will submit them to official people in suits at some point in my life if I get them written. <laughs> I 
write a lot of original fiction and I actually um I don't prefer it to to fan fiction writing but it because it's more work like I have to do a lot more of character building and it's a different style of writing um and I definitely don't do it while I'm in school like if I'm in in school semesters I'm not writing my own um stories it's definitely more something I do during the summer um but I think that the reason I kind of got drawn to fan fiction writing is because a lot of my characters were very Marauders-esque um, before I joined this fandom. So then when I joined, it was like, well, this helped me build all of my characters for me. So I want to write with these guys because I could like put them in these situations. But then like also over time, I've developed the Marauders into my original characters that I can now kind of just give different names and like put them in original fiction works um and they fit really well because i mean i'm like a i'm a world builder i'm i really love writing plot so it, the fact that i can just have these very deep complex characters just kind of snap into these worlds just i don't know they're kind of the, like fan fiction and, and original writing have kind of like blended together for me <laughs> yeah me too a lot of my original characters i mean the thing i'm writing right now is so marauders-esque like not quite, but but it just it kind of is. But I feel like sometimes fanfic almost feels like a bit of a break because you've got these characters that you can cut and, and like especially if you're setting it not in an AU, you've got your characters, you've got your setting, you've got your world, you can just go. Like and you don't need to tell your reader that you don't need to catch them up and get them invested in these characters or like build the characters before you start the drama. You can just like like dump them somewhere and be like, You already care. And that's how I feel about like sharing it with my friends as well. Like I will be I will kind of trust that people want to read these chapters because they're already so invested in these characters I'm like I get why you want to read this if I'm giving someone my original fiction I'm like I have that thing that you have so far I'm like why would you care like like why do you want to read this yeah I think for me my first introduction into fandom or into people just writing creatively would be through fandom like back in 2013 2014 there were was, I was in the golden age of Wattpad but there were like young girls who were expressing their <laughs> thoughts yes <laughs> like young girls RPF baby RPF my RPF days I'm long past her now though I'm gonna <laughs> set the record straight that it's been a very long time <laughs> since, since not then. true I've I've seen her uh google doc <laughs> full of outing that hairstyle fabrics <laughs> I do, I do have a spreadsheet. I do have a Wattpad spreadsheet from the olden days. Oh my god. Um, but yeah, I think like my first introduction to anybody sort of expressing creative writing or storytelling was through fandom and was through writing stories about other people, but also being able to convey things that they wanted to say and things that they felt in their emotions through fan fiction. And not only that, but you kind of built up a community around you who were supporting you through it, were talking about how much they like enjoyed what you were writing or felt the same things. And that was also really nice. And so when it came time to think about why I would choose, like, cause Art Heist arguably you can change the names and be like, okay, this is an original fiction. But like when it came time to choose why I wanted to set it in a like fandom setting, it was just nice to know that like, this is how I was introduced to creative writing. So it felt kind of right to go into it in a fandom way. And I also really liked the sense of community that actually I found through it, which was really nice because I'd never written anything before. And people were like, when are you going to post the next chapter? And I was like, oh, you you care. Like, that's that's really cool. Um, but also, yeah, I find that 
like what Carrie said, people are already invested in the characters. And so it's really easy to be like, I don't have to explain to you James Potter anything. You like him already. So that's really nice. And stick with him, please. Or don't, you know, but I don't have to do that work. So yeah, um, it's like, it's like getting Soph's gold star when you write fan fiction. You immediately know that, like, even, like, if it's an AU or anything, these people um, who are reading it are reading it because they're already invested. And there's nothing better than knowing that they like your version of something they're already invested in. Like, that's amazing. Um, for me personally, I grew up, growing up, I mostly only wrote original work that sort of thing I didn't write a ton of fan fiction um I wrote some I was never a Wattpad girly I was a quiz as girly <laughs> um and I think it, it's called Quotev now anyway but yeah like I have an original idea that I would love to write um but I have a lot of like imposter syndrome when it comes to doing that like um, it's a very intense idea in a specific timeline um, and that sort of thing or time period. And I get imposter syndrome over this idea of, well, somebody else is going to come along and, you know, talk about it. But at the same, at the same time, we, the same thing could be said for fan works. Like people come along all the time and they're just like, that's not very James Potter of him or whatever like Remus that's Lupin out of would character never say that yeah and it's like well this is not your Remus Lupin then that's fine but I don't know one of my favorite ways to like blend this idea of original works is through like OCs like original characters I have a lot of them and I care very much about them and there's nothing like there's no better feeling than knowing that you've gotten somebody to care about your original character because not only did they you know they didn't come for those characters but like now they really like them like so has like Cersei and I'm sure Eric has some and stuff like that and when people tell you that they're like their favorite part was that original character you're like excuse me so it is something really really it's really lovely to hear when you have that effect yeah I mean I think I started writing it because I was in school and I was like too tired to write original fiction because I also like I've always written stories since I could write <laughs> them so I have a bunch of like random books that I wrote on my bunch laptop. of random books <laughs> actually yeah. never met anyone as productive as you <laughs> But then I was doing my master's and like I couldn't I didn't have the brain space but like I didn't know what to do with myself if I wasn't writing so I was like well I'll just write fan fiction then because that'll be easy um and yeah now it's like less easy like I'm putting way too much time and effort into this and I also feel like I need to stop like I need to go back to working on my original fiction and like trying to do something with that but like I don't I just keep going because it is nice to have people be emotionally invested in the thing that you're writing right off the bat and like again back to my like hating exposition like even with the AUs it's super fun to be like okay I want to write in this universe but I don't want to set anything up so I can just start writing this story whatever this pirate story and like everyone already cares like I don't have to make you care you automatically care like my first chapter for that fic is, like, ten pages long. It's, like, super quick. I'm like, here you go. We're gonna get started now. 
Whereas, like, if it was original fiction, I'd have to do more to, like, explain the dynamics to you and, like, build up these characters. And instead, I can just be like, yeah, you're sad about Regulus and Sirius. It doesn't matter that they're together for, like, five seconds. You get it. You understand. And there's way more rules when it comes to, like, publishing or even writing original fiction, that sort of thing. Fan fiction is so freeing. Like, people tell me all the time that if I changed Remus's name, the names in Cadence, that it could be original fiction. And I'm like, no, no, no. Nobody is going to buy that 900,000 word Mm -hmm. thing. Like, (laughs) not a chance. Like, there are so many rules that, like, we break when we're writing, like, you know, rules, quote unquote rules, that we break when we're writing fan fiction. Um, and it doesn't matter because nobody cares. Like nobody cares if the rising action comes at the beginning of your chapter or no, like, the, the, like, you know what I mean? Anyway, um, it's, it's just so much easier to do whatever you want. Whereas when you're, you're like writing something with the aim of either handing it in or, um, wanting to get a book deal or just wanting to write a cohesive original story then you're always like you always have to keep in mind like how like how somebody else in the publishing world is like going to view it and that's why fan fiction is so much easier because you can just write to your heart's content and you can write anything at all you can write regulus flying a plane with no background wow. story on how you did that And we'll just eat it up every time. Yeah, I mean, you have to. I'm the conductor of the train, choo-choo. If you don't believe it, then hop (laughs) off the train and (laughs) thank you. Thanks for coming along on the ride. And that's that's also why I love fan fiction, because you're right. It is so it is so freeing and it's not it doesn't come from a place of stress in my life. I mean, academically, that's all I do is I write and I research papers and I do it 24 yeah. 7 and I stress over it all the time and so it's nice to just go to fan fiction and write and be able to be like well Regulus is gonna fly this plane he has no co-pilot and he can't drive a car and I don't know what the inside of a cockpit looks like anyway next chapter <laughs> so, and nobody cares. Like, there's nobody who's gonna be like hey you can't publish this this is so absurd and unrealistic and that's really freeing and takes a lot of the stress out of it. I mean, we all got our haters. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Last question. Um, Do you guys have any weird um, ways that you think about writing or about character that, like, help you sort of build your stories? Okay, so I do this unconventional thing where I think about all of my characters in a story sitting down at a poker table to play Texas Hold'em and how they would act. (laughs) And I think that it's really fun because it kind of gives me a good idea of how they approach other things because there's so many ways to, I don't know, play poker, I guess, quote unquote. I'm not like a professional poker player. I I need a cheat sheet still when I play Texas Hold'em, but I don't know, like for Sirius, it's really interesting because he just gives me the vibes of somebody who sits down and he gets dealt like a shitty hand. Am am I allowed to swear? Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, please So he, he seems like somebody who would get dealt like a shitty hand quite frequently, but he is a pizzazzer. I call it pizzazzing, bluffing, lying, whatever you want to call it. I think that he's a pizzazzer. And as soon as he gets dealt that hand, he's going to make it his life's mission to convince everybody at the table that he has a full house or, you know, a royal yeah. flush. And he's going to be quite good at it. And when things get down to the wire, he'll go all in, even though he couldn't win on like high cards or something. And people will get quite frustrated because when it's time to call it, he'll be like, oh. 
yeah, I had this horrible hand, but I, I want all these chips because y'all believed me, you know, and he's somebody who like hide, even though internally he's freaking out and he's like, I'm going to lose all my money. I can't believe like I, this is such a horrible hand, but like externally, he's like, yeah, go ahead. Like I'll put, I bet it all. I'm all in. And then everybody like freaks out and bolts. Um, and James just seems like the kind of person who would sit down at the table and if somebody's out of chips, he'll be like, oh, it's okay. I'll share half of mine with Mary. And they're like, no, no. You cannot buy her back in. She's got to leave the table. And he'll be like, look, he'll keep his cards <laughs> close to his chest, but he'll be like looking over his shoulder at Remus. And he'll be like, you good? Okay. Just make, don't, don't call. You should maybe call. And Remus will be like, shut up, shut up. Let me do my thing. <laughs> and James, like, he wants to win. But if somebody else is out, he'll be like, oh, it's okay. Like, Mary can have all my poker chips and I'll just sit and I'll help Remus. And he'll just make sure he's not really interested in taking home the big winnings. And so I just, I think about all of my characters like that. And sometimes it changes and sometimes the way that they play poker changes. Sometimes, I mean, for the most part, it stays pretty consistent. I think Regulus is somebody who sits there and counts cards, which is not illegal when you play poker. <laughs> it's not illegal. Yeah. But they'll still beat you up if you're at a casino. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually kind of disagree about James. I feel like most of the time, yes. But if it, him and Sirius are in a standoff, I feel like that could get really out of control. Like, I feel like they would be... Yeah trying to outbluff each other until they were bankrupt it would like... be so chaotic <laughs> well james has to win <laughs> i was gonna say that this metaphor is an interesting way to put like how nat particularly sees her characters because she's you know giving them these motivations which everybody should want but like you know she was ex explaining about james and i feel differently i'm like if james was sat at my personal poker table he would probably not react that way and i just think that that's so interesting like there's no wrong wrong way it's just like different perceptions or yeah different stories in some cases yeah exactly and that's what i think is interesting and that's why i think about it because i'm like okay this helps me think about like my characters and how i think that they would move through and stuff like that like i'm writing this whip right now that's not published so i'm not going to go into it but like in that case i think that lily would also count cards and she and regulus would both be sitting there like trying to count cards and like making sure that they have the best outcomes but i don't necessarily think that that would apply for all of my stories that i have lily in but it's just interesting to like think about the way that they do things that is brilliant like that's a brilliant tool to like be like how would they play poker is like a great way to to come up with the characters in your story like 10 out of 10 put that in a book Thank trademark you. that yeah sell it i'm copywriting it right now i know this isn't how copyright works yeah, but copyrighted yeah. poker metaphor yeah. copyrighted by me not otrtbs yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess my weird thing that I do is that anytime I'm writing any dialogue, I have to say it out loud first. <laughs> In a British accent as well. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it. Don't even go there. I never heard it. <laughs> and you will never hear it. Nobody, nobody will ever hear it. I'll, but like, yes. Yeah. Like, I won't lie to you. Yes. In like a shitty British accent or whatever. Like, I went from writing Cadence and, and saying every piece of dialogue out loud in a shitty British accent to writing the Brokeback Mountain you where they literally have southern accents. I would like to hear that. <laughs> Shut up. Enough. <laughs> this is not Bully Mott Day. <laughs> um, this is Record the Podcast Day. But yeah, like I love saying it out loud. So it's like you're having like a conversation for yourself. So there's nothing more that I fear than me having my big ass soundproof headphones on and somebody walking in my room at, like and me not noticing and then them just listening to me talk to myself in a shitty British accent. <laughs>
<laughs> but it's yeah it's everybody should say their dialogue out loud like if if it doesn't sound natural when you're saying it to yourself then it's not going to sound natural in somebody's head they say the same thing when you're writing scripts like if you can't say your dialogue for your script out loud and you you aren't convinced yeah. when you put the emotion then how are you supposed to like show the reader with like tone you know not tone tags but you guys know what I mean like that that's how it has to come from you first and if you're not convinced by it because you're not screaming at yourself in at two in the morning like yeah uh, that's my advice for anybody say your dialogue out loud I guess my weird thing is I make collages of my uh-huh. fix like that's kind of that's actually where Ghost of Us came from like it was February 1st at like 10 p.m. I was just sitting at my computer and I was gonna make like a Mary McDonald collage and I was just like arranging the art and then like all of the vibes just like snapped together and I was like this is the exact universe that she is in um and that happens to me like it happened to me with my if we were villains fake that's kind of where it started from I was like ooh. I was looking at like Shakespeare uh, Pinterest boards and I was like, what if I did the Marauders as um, Shakespeare students? I mean, my ideas are weird and they come to me in weird ways. And like, usually it is through like, I'm making art based on this or like there's some sort of art aesthetic involved. And I'm just like, that is where I want these people to be. That is where this I want this idea to happen and then as that occurs usually a scene is already forming in my brain and like sometimes I see edits of other fandoms too like I have edit folders on my phone and like I'm seeing these edits and I'm just like that is the best thing and I could make a long ass story out of that um and I don't know I just take inspiration from like every piece of media around me I just absorb them all like a sponge and they just go into the same pool of stuff in my brain and they just get mixed around until something new ends up happening yeah I mean I read everything out loud I don't read anything in an accent because that would throw me off (laughs) not even a pirate accent this is no like nothing like I couldn't I can't even imagine like (laughs) trying to do that I also like I have to hear it though like I don't have headphones in like I have to be able to hear myself saying it um but like that's it like that poker metaphor that's like so good like that's so thought out I just like I don't know I don't think I've ever thought about anything like anything but, you're, like, a bit of a, ever... you're a bit of a playlist bitch as well like I also have a, yeah getting a bit playlist self-control with the thing I'm writing right now I've got like eight of them um, and they're all kind of bad, but... Yeah, yeah. I will have songs. Songs will all of a sudden come on and I'll be like, oh, oh, this is like, yeah, this is them. This is the thing. Like, Rose Killer and um, KYD. I wasn't even going to write them, really. Um, and then there was this song came on one day. And I was like, if Evan in KYD was going to write a love song, this is the song he would write. And then it was on repeat for like two hours. And I was just thinking about them like over and over and over again and then like that's how that happened but like that's like not thoughtful in any way like it's just like by accident it is so thoughtful we all do that (laughs) i love that no don't get down on yourself i think it's amazing i heard a song just the other day where i was like oh my god hope lupin core (laughs) because i'm mentally ill (laughs) yeah (laughs) i think that's like art and music is just like such a great tool 
for writing because it's just like another texture almost to what you're doing. Yeah, and that's why I love fandom because I do the same thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so Art Heist Baby Reg. And then I'm like, normal people don't think like this. Like, I stop myself, <laughs> but then everybody here does. So normal like, people oh. just listen to the song and keep these ideas like far, far away. <laughs> yeah, what's it like to consume media like normally? I wouldn't know. <laughs> Should we do an outro? Fuck yeah. Yeah, go on then. (laughs) Go go on then. (laughs) Fine. I will, and you'll make fun of me the same way you make fun of me every time. I don't make fun of you. You make fun of me when I try and do it, because I, you're the only person that does it, and then the one time I tried to do it, it kind of came out in a Canadian accent. (laughs) In KYD, because they haven't read it, are any of them from Quebec? Yeah, the blacks are from Quebec. Mm, Classic. Then give me a Quebecois accent right now. What does Quebecois <laughs> serious sound like? Wait, 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 wait. It's like, it's very distinctly, if you hear someone in Quebec speak, it is a way. Yeah, it's, it's like, like yeah. that's the sound. And if they're like rural Quebec, you can't, it's not even words anymore. Like, it's just like, and you're like, okay. How do you do an outro? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I gotta do an outro. Totally forgot. Um, who knows? You just make it up every time. Um, <laughs> it goes like this. Wow, what a great episode. You know, <laughs> excellent conversations. So many questions. I feel like we learned a lot. Um, I feel like we accomplished a bunch. Um, um, I mean, I'm so <laughs> so. You can find me on Tumblr at Sophsicle dot tumblr.com or on AO3 as Messer Moon. Carrie, where can people find you? Uh, I am on Tumblr as Rabbit Little Strawberry and I think I'm gonna <laughs> just now change my AO3 name to Rabbit Little Strawberry. It's currently very new, which is also my TikTok name. Um, so yeah. That's that's me. Eric? Um I am twisted-tales-told on Tumblr and twisted oh my god, twisted <laughs> underscore tales underscore told on AO3. Uh, Matt? Um, you can find me on Tumblr at OTRTBS also the same on AO3 OTRTBS. Mott? Um, I'm Mott. You can find me at Mott Swallow on both Tumblr and AO3. And as always, if you have any questions, uh, comments, gold stars, you want to give us um, our emails into the thick of it at gmail.com. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.